0: Hey, how's it going everybody, this is Chris Welcome to episode 9 of Web Labs, Where, um, hmm You know, every, every episode I try to, like, welcome people to the show Then say where something, something, something happens Or something cute or something, you know, just something novel I can fill in there And that's always the hardest part I, I can't think of anything funny to say here Um, not to suggest that, uh, anything I say on this program is, uh, all that funny But, uh Well, let's just get on with it here But before we get into the show, I do want to uh, thank folks for listening to last episode And also to, um, I don't know if I want to say apologize But uh, if uh, that discussion wasn't what people wanted to hear, I I apologize for that Um, I talked a lot about uh, some stuff going on at the house here uh, during episode 8 Kinda went on a while So um, if you listened and made it through I uh, humbly and sincerely uh, thank you And uh, if it really wasn't your thing well, Then I'm sorry And hopefully uh, we'll be a little bit more on point today But uh, let's get into it This is Amazing Spider-Man Volume 5 Number Dot B E Y, Which had a February 2022 cover date Written by Cody Ziegler I think this is our third or fourth Ziegler issue in a row With art by... Ivan Fiorelli with Carlos Gomez and Paco Medina Colors, Rachel Rosenberg Letters, VCs, Joe Caramagna The BBs are Thompson, Ziegler, Ahmed, Gleason, and Wells Edits, Kohik, McGehee, Low, Sapolsky. Cover price, $5 It is a point book, so $5 And this one went on sale December the 8th of 2021 Now, our single-page spread of Ketchup and Cred Reminds us of how Aunt May left Peter's uh, hospital bedside a few issues ago And how she did so with a plan Since that plan was almost immediately spoiled online It'll come as no surprise to anybody that this plan had to do with her her ex-lover, Dr. Octopus So, um, well, let's get into it We open with, well, like a page and a half that basically re-delivers the recap You know, this is a $5 book, so we do have extra pages to fill Anyway, she apologizes to the comatose Peter about what she feels she's been forced to do And who she feels she's been forced to turn to And so, she leaves And is reunited with her former lover We saw this happen in uh, the second epilogue of the last issue Now, he's quite the charmer, this Otto And, for whatever reason, seems to have quite the incurable case of hot pants For Peter's 120-year-old aunt Though, you know, it is probably worth noting here And I could be speaking from, uh, you know, a position of ignorance here I haven't read the Spider books for many years now But it seems like they're really being flexible with just how much of an old biddy Aunt May is here, and you know, since I am web lapsed, I, I can't say if this has been a gradual youthening or if this is a brand new take. But uh, there are lines that she delivers in here that feel like like they could have been posted by a teenager on their Twitter account. It's it feels a little out of a uh, out of the old character for Aunt May here, but again. That could just be the way they're going. It almost feels like they shifted, like, Ultimate Aunt May into the Prime Marvel Universe. And, uh, if I'm being honest, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, so I probably shouldn't even joke about it. Anyway, uh, May explains the sitch to Otto, and they head to Empire State University, where Peter was thought to be minding his own business when he was caught in the crossfire between the UFOs and the Spider-Men. Otto reveals his omnidirectional scanner and proceeds to, uh, You know, scan the area for clues as to what might stir Pete from his comatose state Now, for the first of like a dozen times this issue uh, Aunt May says she's not hip to superhero stuff So she's got to defer all of this to Doc Ock Now, they find a raggedy bit of clothing uh, However, they're too decayed to get a good reading At least via the Omni-scanner So they're going to have to come up with another tack here They're going to need to go a little bit deeper So we scene shift to Otto's safe house number 32B Um, Are numbered safe houses funny? Is that uh, that a joke? Let's say they are and move on. Um, Anyway, this safe house is pretty well decked out. Now Otto's quite the stylish fellow, despite his horrid taste in haircuts and women. He serves up a libation before the two head over to his computer banks for a further study of those decaying clothes. Otto finds traces of a specific pollutant on them, which can be traced to a very specific area. And so he octopuses up and readies to hit the streets once more. This time, though, he has his omnidirectional sensor, not the scanner, and this confuses Aunt May, but really, what doesn't? Um, Now, we also get a bit of innuendo about uh, Doc Ock's dexterity, which in and of itself might be enough to uh, make you taste last night's dinner again. Anyway, from here, we are off to a seemingly random building. Now, Otto is certain that it served as a location for something quite sinister. Now, they ring the door panel thingy to chat up the building manager, and the manager is a fella named Eric. Now, they ask to take a look at one of the rooms for rent, and they're told to, you know, bug off since it's the middle of the night, and it's, you know, we're outside of working hours. Otto gets ticked, and he starts shouting into the uh, the little speaker. Uh, May talks him down. Now, Eric overhears this whole exchange, and he claims that May reminds him of his mother, so he'll bend the rules this time and let them look around. They're taken to a newly available room, which had recently been vacated by four weirdos. Now, all Eric knows is that one of their names was Simon, which confirms to Otto that they're dealing with the UFOs. Eric says that the place was recently visited and, uh, you know, swarmed, kind of, not by the police, but by an organization calling themselves Infinite Solutions. Now, they would wrangle up the four weirdos and take them away and also clean the place up. Uh, We get a uh, pro boner, pro bono joke here, which... I mean, if you're going to force the phrase pro bono into your into your Spidey script, it would almost be a sin not to drop a boner in there as well. Anyway, off to the side, we have May, who is tinkering with the Omni-sensor. She manages to find an odd trace on the nasty carpet. And uh, it's probably a good thing that the sensor doesn't come with blacklight technology, because uh, this place would probably look like a whole different kind of crime scene if it had. Now, May is having trouble with the sensor. So Otto sidles up behind her and tries to assist her with his... ...lighter touch. And, I mean, this is quite an intimate-looking panel here. And poor Eric is quite grossed out that even more bodily fluids might be about to be spilled. And he asks them to leave before either of them spring a leak. From here, we shift ahead to Infinite Solutions' building, or headquarters... Otto informs May, and us, that Infinite kind of serves as an interim holding area for supercriminals while they await trial or sentencing. Now, according to the Marvel Wiki, this is their first appearance and mention. Now, May is reminded of what a great partner Otto can be, and how it makes her miss the old days. You know, those old days, when she acted a 100 years older than she does right now, and was always about a half heartbeat away from being reunited with Uncle Ben. Those old days, yeah, I kind of miss them too. Anyway, they head inside, but they're unable to make it past the security window. Infinite seems to have a strict rule about there being no unscheduled visitors. And no matter what May does to try and sweet-talk their way in, the guard just ain't having it. So it's going to be up to Otto to octopus the oldsters upstairs via the outside, and so we spend a few pages of him doing just that. Once inside, May and Otto happen across a supervillain gymnasium. They're here to look for the UFOs X-Ray and Vapor, with... Samples from both, they might be able to put together some sort of a radiation treatment In order to wake Peter from his coma, you see And I'm not sure if I'd made that clear yet And to be completely honest, I'm not sure if the comic had either Anyway Inside the gym, they see X-Ray working out and chatting up with some other less super baddies While our heroes look on, they're spotted by a security guard Otto strikes him with a tentacle, which causes the RentaCop to fire off a shot uh, This sends the whole place into lockdown mode Otto sends May off to look for Vapor while he'll deal with X-Ray. Now, Vapor is currently in her cell, and Otto gives May the KO'd security guard's key card so she might get in for a sample. He then lunges into the gym area to face off with X-Ray. X-Ray asks a guard if he'll turn off his power dampener so he can deal with Doc Ock. And, well, the guard is happy to comply. We do get a bunch of dialogue here about how Otto is an old man and a grandpa, all of which feels... Very, very forced. Anyway, we get a few pages of fighting. We also get a little bit of exposition that the UFOs were recently beaten up by the Hulk. X-Ray also speaks of the two Spider-Men that the UFOs tangled with at Empire State University, and how one was clearly superior to the other. Well, X-Ray, you just said the magic word. Otto tells the goof that he knows nothing of superiority before slamming him to the ground. He then walks over and takes a sample via one of his tentacles. By now, Doc Ock is surrounded by Infinite's best or Infinite's finest, whatever we would call their security team. From here, we shift over to Aunt May, who is visiting with Vapor. She explains the situation to Vapor and how her nephew got caught in the crossfire of the UFO Spider-Man dealy. Vapor seems a little bit ashamed at first, but then reminds the old bag that, uh, you know, she's a bad guy, and that kind of thing happens. May talks a bit more and manages to sweet-talk Vapor into voluntarily giving her a sample. Now, she also promises not to ruin Vapor's rip, and she'll say that, uh, hey, you fought like the devil, you know, you, you didn't just hand this over. Then we're back to Otto, who is attacking all of the Infinites. You see, he's mad because he's in the midst of making a discovery, which we will learn more about at the end of the issue. We see him going through Infinite's computers, trying to get a bead on what's what, and he's finding all these odd links to various shell companies... Again, we will, we will get to that. Anyway, before Oc can do that much more damage, May returns with the sample of vapor. And she is really, really not pleased to be walking in on such a raucous scene. And she tells Otto that, uh, you know, she was a fool to believe he'd ever change. He assures her that he's helping. You know, that's what he's here to do. He's here to help her. And she says, well, you were helping until you saw something on that computer screen. She gives him a riff on power and responsibility, which feels very, very forced, uh, before leaving. Later on, we rejoin May in her kitchen as she receives a phone call from Dr. Burdick. Now, after a contentious hello, she he asks her to come down to the hospital to check out a breakthrough they just had regarding Peter's case. You see, they'd recently received an anonymous package with a bunch of very, very helpful data included. And so, she heads in. Once there, she's guided to Peter's room where... He's awake. He's up and at him. Looks like it's a brand new day for Peter Parker. Next up, the epilogue, where we have Doc Ock rampaging through a heavily guarded Infinite Solutions building, working his way toward a computer bank. It's Here it's confirmed that Infinite Solutions is actually a subsidiary, or a shell company, of the Beyond Corporation. Now, while digging through the database, he learns that Beyond also bought the remains of his very own Parker Industries, And so the Beyond Spider-Man really isn't all that superior. He's really just a copycat, using all the work that Otto put into superiorizing Spidey a little while back. We close out our issue with Otto vowing to show Beyond that it is he who is superior. Superior, 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 superior. And that is where we leave it. Next episode, we welcome Miles Morales to the Beyond Landscape. But for now, let's talk about this special Dot Bay issue. Uh, Now, I guess our main takeaway here is that... uh, Well, I I guess we have a few main takeaways here. You know, usually when we get these overpriced... uh, I guess, what do we call a dollar more overpriced? (laughs) I mean, there's a $5 book. Um, Usually we feel, or I feel, like we're being shortchanged in that sort of a situation. But here, we're actually getting... Quite a bit of takeaways, right? We're getting uh, the, the playing field is uh, really being added to And the story is, uh, is moving forward So let's talk about some of the takeaways we have here The first and perhaps the biggest for at least this storyline Is that Beyond and Infinite are sort of kind of one and the same You know, Infinite Solutions is a subsidiary or a shell corporation of Beyond What does that mean? What does that mean here? Um, well, do the UFOs work for Beyond? Like, is this really a... Is it really a a prison system? Or is it a... Kind of like a hangar, you know? Is that where we're putting the bad guys until Beyond needs them to do something? Um, is their entire Spider-Man project just a sham? Like, do they have been out there because... They think he'd be easier to manipulate and control than the real Spider-Man. Is that what they're doing here? I mean, we know uh, Doctor Kafka is part of this, and so we know Ben is under you know some sort of psych evaluation, some sort of analysis. They may be able to get a better read on just what what they're able to do without you know triggering Ben's it wouldn't be his Spidey sense, but his his common sense, you know. Um, Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're also pandering to Ben's sense of self here. And um, we did get those questions a few episodes back, or a few issues back, where Ben was trying to... Well, he got a little bit existential on us. You know, it became less about who is Spider-Man and more about what is Spider-Man. Which, I mean, we can talk about here at uh, at pretty decent length here. What is Spider-Man? You know, is Spider-Man a means to an end for beyond? Is Spider-Man a force for good? In the eyes of beyond, is it, like what is the goal? Is this all a subterfuge? Are they trying to? Are they trying to demonstrate technology that they're going to sell? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways this could go, and uh, I tell you, I, I wasn't expecting the story to be this deep in this early on. I think it's a uh, maybe it's the the hoxpox effect where you just become accustomed to a story becoming. Like background for other things, and then when the story does peek its head out, it's like a huge surprise and like a and like a real treat. But here with the Beyond line, it's uh, it's been mostly story, mostly you know uh, moving forward, which is a great thing. Now let's talk a little bit about Aunt May and Otto. Uh, their little tête-à-tête uh, here was pretty fun, uh, though, as I mentioned during the synopsis, uh, they both felt a little bit out of character throughout, um, and again. You know, uh, full disclosure here, I haven't read much Spidey since Superior. So anything could have happened personality-wise in the years since here. I mean, last I knew, Aunt May was married to J. Jonah Jameson's father. Is that is that still a thing? Is he still alive? I, I don't know. And last I know, Otto was with, uh, what was her name, Maria? um, the, the girl he was with during Superior. Was it Maria? M- Mary? I, I don't remember her name. But uh, I, I thought they were a thing. I know he... He accidentally, or he was going to propose to her But they did the body swap before they could get the answer And then uh, Maria What's-Her-Face thought that Peter was actually Or like the real Peter was actually uh, proposing to her It got to be a real big mess But um, I don't know where she is Is she still alive? Where's Carly Cooper at? Is she still a thing? I, I don't know But um, the back and forth between uh, May and Otto it was, it was pretty neat It was pretty neat uh, But like I said, at, at first blush here, it feels like they're writing May a hair too young and Otto a hair too old. I don't know if they're trying to just normalize their relationship here. I always saw Otto as being middle-aged, where May is ancient, you know, for lack of a better term. So I don't know, maybe he just likes him older, or maybe he maybe he's just looks really good for his age. Maybe he's ancient as well. I don't know. Uh, I do like Otto in a tweener role. You know, he's not, he's not full-blown good guy, he's not full-blown bad guy He's certainly not acting especially heroic But he's also not being unheroic out of, you know, simple, you know, mustache-twirling evilness In this situation, he feels like he's been slighted And, in this case, he isn't wrong And again, I mean, the last time I read Otto was during Superior Where he actually won me over as a protagonist and even as a hero So, um, again, I don't know what happened in the interim, but uh, accepting all of that, um, this is a really good Doc Ock, and I really enjoyed uh, seeing him in this less villainous sort of a role. So that was really cool, and I look forward to seeing where this all heads, because I feel like the battle lines are being drawn here, uh, maybe in pencil, not, not, not in ink just yet, but I mean, if we were to shake this all out, we, we can kind of see that we are forming a little bit of a resistance to the to the Beyond Corporation here. We've got Peter, we've got the Daughters of the Dragon, we've got Doc Ock. It's, um, I think we're headed to something very, very interesting, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, you know, speaking of interesting here, and it's something I neglected to mention last episode, uh, we did find out who the new post-Beyond creative team was going to be. And... The rumors were that it was going to be a good news, bad news situation, <laughs> at least in my opinion. It was going to be Jonathan Hickman and Chris Bocciolo. I love Chris Bocciolo. He's in my top three artists of all time. I, I absolutely adore his work, and I, I've bought a lot of books I cared very little in just for uh, Bocciolo's artwork. I, I think he is just phenomenal. But that's not the case. It looks like our post-Beyond team, I and I haven't read much about this because I didn't want anything spoiled, just in case anything... I mean, we know the Internet. The Internet loves to have that privileged information that they can, you know be the first one to drop the info. So I haven't read much about it. I just know that the team is Zeb Wells and John Ramita Jr, which that's a pretty interesting team here. You know, I, I absolutely love Zeb Wells. He is just phenomenal. he's kept, uh, he's kept X Lapsed afloat in some dark times. and um, he's the reason why we started Web Lapsed. You know, following him over here just due to his just phenomenal work over on Hellions in the uh, in the X-Men books here. I, he's just a really, really top-tier writer, one of my favorites of uh, of the current day. Uh, John Romita Jr. is, um, he's comfort food for me. I know that his art isn't for everybody, especially his more recent stuff, but uh, definitely comfort food for me. And I think he's always shined with Spider-Man, um... He uh, When he did the art during the early JMS stuff, uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And from some of the promotional art that uh, they've put out for the post-beyond uh, landscape here, it looks like we're getting a whole new J.R.J.R. You know, it's not... Uh, and again, I haven't looked too deep, so I've only seen like two or three images of Spidey, you know, whipping through the sky. But um, it looked like he's, he's on point. At least for these pieces So, looking forward to that for sure I'm not so much looking forward to the fact that it's a brand new number one Uh, it's, we're getting a new all, all new Amazing Spider-Man number one Which, I guess since legacy numbers Are like a, an actual thing right now The issue number isn't That important anymore to a lot of people I, I still Would prefer we were, you know, in the In the triple to quadruple digits Of uh, each book here, but I'm just one idiot, you know, and uh Not much I can do about uh, well, not much I can do about anything, as a matter of fact. But um, uh, one more takeaway here before I let you all get on with your day here. Uh, Peter's awake. Peter's awake, and uh, I tell you what, I was not expecting that so soon, and I also wasn't expecting that in a dot b e y issue. I thought that would be saved for a, you know, a prime Spider-Man issue uh, or, yeah, or a five-part The Awakening of Peter miniseries, who knows But um, I wasn't expecting it quite this soon And um, I like the way they did it I like the way they did it here Where we don't get a whole lot from Peter We just get the one-page reveal that he's up And, you know, he and Aunt May embrace We don't know if there's any sort of lingering um, effects of his downtime here we don't know if Doc Ock might have added something into the uh, to the slurry, right? From what we know, he mixed uh, X-ray and vapors samples together, but maybe he put something else in there. You know, who knows? Maybe he put something that would uh, shut down the spider powers, shut down the spider sense. I, I think uh, I think we're headed to something very, very interesting and something very special. But um, I think that's about all I have to say about this one. Um, definitely a solid issue here. Um, this Cody uh, Ziegler is uh, impressed in all three of his outings thus far. I'm, I'm really digging, digging the work here. So I think that's all I got to say here, and I think that's where I will uh, close things out for today. I would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about this, uh, this current run or about anything anything in the world. You want to talk about the weather? I'm here for you. You can find me several different ways. You can see me on Twitter at Ace Comics. You can find me on Instagram at 90sXmen. You can shoot an email to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, or you can call into the voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head to chrissoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our group is 90sXmen. You could search out Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill or go to Reggie.podbean.com. You can find that stuff on any podcast aggregation application or just a Google search away, I suppose. Uh, finally, there is the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash xlapse. You'll get some behind-the-scenes stuff, um, some exclusive content, audio and written, and a great group of folks to chat with. But I think that's where we'll tie a bow on it for now. I would like to thank you so much for choosing to spend some of your day with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.